Good morning. It's Monday. Welcome to the Monday Morning Show. It's Ryan G. Hensley. I'm Grant L. Cohn. And we're chilling. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we got training camp in two weeks. How you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Looking forward to football, man. I think like nine weeks from now, Niners will be playing Pittsburgh Steelers. It's getting close. Nine weeks. That's cool. You're in midseason form. Look at the hat. Look at the shirt. I'm over here in offseason form. I was in the Hamptons last week. All I do is wear linens now. Button downs, <laughs> linen shirts, linen box. Yeah, it's all I, it's all I you do. You need a sweater tied around your shoulders. Top it off. You no, know, I didn't see that look very much, but I think I need to bring it back because it's just obnoxious enough for me to do. So we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about New York at the end of the show. I was there for a week. You were there. It's a lot of fun. Get my yeah, thoughts. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But first, I mean, and it's going to be a training camp show. Two weeks, training camp. And yeah. I always, we're going to talk about what, I mean, what we're looking forward to the most. Obviously, the quarterback competition. But aside from that, there are things I really like watching. Uh, and there will be some specific ones this year. So we'll get there. But I, we got to start with um, Big Brock Purdy, the franchise quarterback of the 49ers. The next Steve Young, Joe Montana, Jeff Garcia. He's the next one. He's, he's so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Jimmy Garoppolo was like good, but not good enough. And now Brock, he takes it to a whole nother level. And we have no data to prove it. Actually, we have some data that with Christian McCaffrey, both of these quarterbacks really put up similar numbers individually. Can we can I say we have the data? This is courtesy of Jesse Naylor, who you all know. He does a show with me on Wednesdays. He works with Ryan a lot. He has a great YouTube channel on his own. He found this. He texted us, and we were like, hey, can we talk about this on our show? And he was like, did he say yes? Did we get a confirmation? He said I could tweet it, but he's, he's cool, man. Jesse, I know he's watching right now, too. Yeah. This is all Jesse. Jesse, 100%. You're smart. We're done. Last Thank you. Sports. Yeah. Last second sports, baby. All right, break it down. All right, so <clears throat> he texted us this information just about 15 minutes ago. Uh, it's talking about basically Jimmy and Brock Purdy both played five full games together. So Jimmy, in those five full games, which was the Chiefs, Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Saints, he had a 71% completion percentage, 245 yards per game, two touchdowns per game, and 0.4 turnovers per game. Mm. Brock Purdy had also five full games uh, with CMC, which was the Bucks, Seahawks. In the regular season. Yeah. In the regular season. Washington, Raiders, Cardinals. And he had a 69% completion percentage, 219 yards per game, 2.4 touchdowns per game, point four turnovers per game so uh two points less in the completion percentage uh for brock about what is that 26 yards less uh yards per game for brock now he did have point four more touchdowns per game so that was the difference for brock he's better in the red zone no doubt uh, but the turnovers were the same so very similar numbers um you know we all it, it felt like it feels like brock is way better than jimmy uh, to me, and I still will take him over Jimmy because I like his mobility and I like how he played in the red zone. But the numbers are shockingly similar. Yeah, and I think people just assume I assumed when it was happening that Brock was just on a whole different level than Jimmy. But I think what happened was Jimmy's always kind of fallen under expectations. He was the highest paid paid player in the league for a while. He never lived up to that. Brock exceeded expectations like with his first throw in the NFL. The last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. People were calling him Mr. Irrelevant like 10 minutes in to his first stint. And it was like a great story. So that was part of it. And then also they started scoring more points per game. But when you step back, you realize a lot of that was the defense forcing turnovers. When you just break it down to what the quarterback does on his own. Yeah. It, the difference was the red zone. And that is a nice difference. But 
219 yards per game, like a, a lower completion percentage than Jimmy throwing the same kind of short passes. I think there's reason to say like, you know what, you know what, this may not be a franchise quarterback. This might be a younger Jimmy, a cheaper Jimmy, a more mobile version of Jimmy, but yeah. a very similar version of quarterback. I mean, I'll take it at 900,000 compared to 20, like, whatever. Jimmy. Honestly, that's make. what Jimmy should have been making the whole time. No yeah. 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 I'll t- I mean, I'll, it, it, that much is far better because you can put great uh, people around Brock and, and, you know, pay, pay guys that, to, you know, to make the team stronger. But this is what I've been saying this whole time. And I know a lot of people get mad at me, but I'm just not sold on Brock Purdy yet. To me, he seems like a mid-level quarterback. I don't know if he'll ever be elite top 10. That's just how I feel. Agree. And I think before we go negative there, let's spin it another way. This is clearly the CMC effect. Like Jimmy and Brock had the same numbers almost with CMC on the field. That's huge. And so where I would take this as a a step further is, could we please see Trey Lance with Christian McCaffrey before we throw him out, before we run him out of town? Please, I'd like to see it. If if he's no good with Christian McCaffrey, that's reason for concern. But we haven't seen it yet. We've seen him play. Go back and look at the running backs he's played with in his four starts. The one time he had a completely healthy Elijah Mitchell, he won. For the whole game, he was healthy, he won. So yeah. I'm just pointing that out. I think that's one takeaway. Yeah, and I think it's good to, that I, I, I reiterate, man. I'm not sold on Trey Lance either, obviously, but I'm not ready to write him off. I, I just want to see if he can be elite. If he can't, I'll be the first one to tell you I don't think he can be and let's find someone else. That's my goal as a fan, and what I want as a fan is an elite quarterback Bring us back to the – to the glory days, because I'm an old guy, man. I just want an elite quarterback for the 49ers. Um, a, a friend of mine asked a, asked me this question, and I'll ask you. I'll just ask it to you. When was the last time the 49ers' identity was their offense? The quarterback was there. Ooh, you know what? That's a great question, and I would have to say it's back when the DeBartolos on the team. Ever yeah. since the Yorks came here, they've kind of tried to turn this team into the Bears. They're yeah. from Youngstown. Mm-hmm. Youngstown, Ohio. I mean, that's the Browns. It's the Bears out there. It's Midwest football. It's cold football. I think that's the kind of football they like. Yeah. They're not really West Coast football guys. I mean, they're run the every single coach they hire wants to run the ball. Everyone, Shanahan, Harbaugh, Chip Kelly, all run game guys. Yeah. I mean, Bill Walsh, he he kept you honest with the running game. Yeah. Like Andy Reid will keep you honest with the running game, but they're not run first coaches because honestly, you don't win that way. You don't win Super Bowls that way. Run first. Like right. the Rams tried that. It didn't work. And now they pass all the time. Right. Right. So like, I mean, it's better to have the run game and defense as an identity than no, no identity, which is right. what, what, what it was like 2002 through 2010. Sure. Right. So it's better yeah. to have this identity than no identity, but I would prefer. Well, hold on though. From 2006 to 2010, they had Frank Gore, Patrick Will. They, they, they were building that identity. It's just they had a, a coach who wasn't really ready for it. Then Harbaugh put it all together. But it was right. a very similar style of identity, tough. Right. But what, what, are the, line. What, what do the Super Bowl winning teams have over the last five years? What, what is their identity? Oh, uh, franchise awful. quarterback. Yeah. Franchise quarterback. It's a, yeah, it's pretty much that simple. Yeah. That's what I'm longing for, man. I just want an elite franchise quarterback. I, I don't think it's Brock. I want to see if it's Trey. But if it's neither one of them, I'll be the first one to tell you, let's move on. But they need to find out if it's Trey because I don't they've, – they've, they've learned a lot about Brock. And the numbers say he's a lot like a cheaper, younger, more mobile version of Jimmy, which is nice. But that's not a franchise quarterback. We already right. determined that Jimmy Garoppolo's modest skill set is not good enough. I mean, yeah. Brock's is modest too. 
And so I don't feel what they're trying to say is, look, like Brock is so good that we can just basically um, stop the Trey Lance project. Like, yeah, we gave up three years of first round picks for him. And yeah, we only gave him four starts. But Brock is just so amazing. Brock is Kurt Warner. So yeah. sorry, Trey. Like, no, 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 no. Brock's a nice story. Brock's a nice asset. But he has not established himself as a franchise quarterback. You gave up way too much for Trey Lance to just be like, oops, oh, well, we have our guy anyway. We found him a different way. Like, nah, you haven't established that. You don't know what Trey is. You got to find out what Trey is. And I think they're going to this year one way or another. Like, And that's kind of where I get like dark and bleak with this team. Like, you can start whoever the hell you want to start week one, but I know you guys don't really protect the quarterback. It's not something that you emphasize from your play calling to your personnel to any of it. So yeah. Trey's going to get his chance one way or another. It's a kind of a you – don't, you don't ever want to predict injuries like, oh, Brock's going to get hurt or because that's morbid and not fair, but it's just a pattern. We yeah. got to be honest here. If you're if you're betting money, that's that's the direction yeah. you're going. There's I wouldn't two- bet money on freaking Brock Purdy playing 17 games this year. Like you could yeah. throw your money away in other ways. Yeah, right. Like, and so there's two things. Like again, I, I, it doesn't mean that you can't win a lot of games with Brock Purdy or even a Super Bowl. I think it's possible, but everything has to fall into place when you have a quarterback uh, like Brock Purdy. And so everything just has to go perfectly. So can they win a Super Bowl? Sure. Is it likely? Are you playing to uh, the sh- the patterns of the NFL over the last five six years? No, you're not. Um, and then the other thing is that I, I brought up yesterday on, I think it was on my Twitter account, is is that the, what's really crazy about this, Grant, is the only way that this quarterback controversy is going to end this year is if both quarterbacks play and one plays bad. Yeah. Because if one quarterback plays, they don't win a Super Bowl. Well, let me re- reiterate. The only way this ends is if both quarterbacks play and one plays bad or one wins a Super Bowl. Because if both quarterback, if if only Brock plays and he doesn't win a Super Bowl, everyone's going to be saying, "Well, Trey could have done it. We should have played Trey." If Trey plays the whole season, and we don't see Brock Purdy, and he doesn't win a Super Bowl. Everyone's going to be saying, "Well, Brock would have done it, right?" So we have to see both quarterbacks play, and one has to play bad, or one just has to play so much better than the other for us to just say, "Okay, now we know." But yeah, I, I think we're going to have a quarterback controversy next year. I agree. I just want to come back to Kyle for a second in his system. It's a run first. We're talking about it. it's a run first system and it works so well in the regular season. It's complimentary football play. It helps your defense. You, you run the clock. Um, but I don't think you can win Super Bowls that way anymore. And what happened to him, he's been to two Super Bowls and lost both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, if you look at it, like the first one with Atlanta, his offense scored 21 points. They had a pick six in that game. They lost scoring 28. The offense scored 21 points. And eventually in the second half, their run game got shut down. Second time he got to the Super Bowl, his offense scored 21 points. I think in the biggest games, if you can shut down that run game and turn them into a one-dimensional passing team, like they're just not built for that at all. And other teams are, like the championship teams are. So I feel like the Niners, like they're really more built for the regular season than the postseason. Like they're they're an antiquated style of offense, run first, complimentary football. Like, nah, you need to be able to score fast. You guys don't have a hurry-up offense. You guys don't throw down the field. Like you guys aren't going to beat Kansas City that way or any team with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And there's a few of them out there. There's a few of them. Sorry. What team did the 49ers beat last year that you're like, wow, I can't believe we beat those guys, right? Every game they won, we expected them to win pretty much, right? Every game. And then some of the games we lost, we lost to teams that we were far better than. But there's not one game that I can think of that we won last year that we're like, wow, can't believe we beat those guys to a team as good as us. But also just look at their offense. They've had the last couple of years stretches where their offense looks amazing. 35, 40 points a game in, in November and December. Then they get to the playoffs and 19 points against Dallas. 
Next week, their offense just gets destroyed immediately against Philly. Uh, last year, like, what was it? Freaking 13 points against Green Bay? What was it? Yeah. And they scored like seven of them on special teams. Like mm-hmm. their offense is much more built for the regular season. Once you get deeper into the playoffs and everyone knows that everything, you just got to stop the run game. You yeah. got to stop the run game. They're not built to drop back pass. Everything is built off the run play action. You stop the run game. You stop them. Teams can do it. If you actually are locked in on the game plan and you have a good yeah. defense, Dallas did it. Dallas yeah, did it. And I think we're going to talk about it, but defenses are just straight up telling them to go. They're, they're challenging them. Beat, beat us pass. in the passing game. Beat all us game. Yeah. All game. Block us in the uh, pass protect all game. You can't. Yeah. You're not built to. You're not yeah. built to. Yeah. You're built to win in a regular season way. Um, That's the adjustment I hope they make this this year. I'm hoping that, that there's some kind of an adjustment, but I don't know if they can. I don't I don't know if it's Jess Kyle. Starting or Colton McKivitz at right tackle doesn't signal that adjustment. Maybe next year if yeah. they spend a first-round pick on an offensive tackle. But right now, to me, they're saying is, who cares? We're going to run the hell out of the ball this year. We have a quarterback who's going to start week one who's going to have no offseason in Brock. We're going to run the freaking hell out of the ball. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you can win a lot of games in regular season that way. I, I know. You can win 14, 15 maybe. But what's going to happen in the playoffs? Are you yeah. really going to win a Super Bowl like it's 1972? Really? Are you sure? Or like it's 1997, like the way you did with your, like your dad did? I don't think you will, man. I don't think you will. If, if Kyle Shanahan – let me ask you this. If Kyle Shanahan had a quarterback that was elite, top 10 type quarterback, do you think he would – do things the same way so do you think it's my question i guess is do you think it's the quarterback hindering kyle shannon or do you think this is just what kyle shannon wants to do regardless if kyle shannon had a top 10 quarterback that's like saying if i had a billion dollars like i don't and i won't and there's a reason like why yeah. won't i i don't i don't know i mean well you think that he had a top 10 quarterback matt in matt ryan right he right, had a matt top ryan. 10 quarterback in matt ryan yeah. and still in the biggest game of the season they scored 21 points they scored nothing in the second half but they Nothing. did they did take shots down the sidelines more during at least and they didn't the, hit them. Yeah. I mean, whatever, however it looked, the end product was exactly the freaking same. So I don't know. And it's like his his offensive approach is the same, no matter who his quarterback is. We're a run first team. We're complimentary football. You know, we're mm-hmm. gonna set up play action with the run. It's like great, man. That's gonna work 95% of the time. But yeah. against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Well, you have to you have to take the lead early. You, your defense has to be have a lead. To. You have to take have the to. lead early, and you just run out. And the he clock. did that in both Super Bowls and still freaking lost. How about that, Kyle? <laughs> I'm, all I know is that Sean McVay had the same. They had the same trees, the same offensive philosophy. The Shanahan's are all run first coaches. He went to the Super Bowl. He scored three points. They don't run the ball anymore, like mm-hmm. at all. They try. Yeah. They suck at it. Uh, they still won a Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter. They adjusted with the league. They adjusted with the league. Yeah. They have pass protectors on the offensive line. I mean, they, they don't care about the off like outside zone. The Niners are like, oh, my God, we have to preserve the outside zone because my dad did it and I do it too, and it's so important. It's like, is it? Is it really? Is the run game that important? I mean, you have to do it. You have to keep – look at Andy Reid. He has Isaiah Pacheco. They run the ball. You have to – I mean, you have to honor it. Yeah. But it's not like you go into the game being like, okay, first things first. We're stopping this run game. Like, no, no. That is – but that's how you face the Niners. If, if there's anything we're going to stop this week, we have to stop the run game. And you see like five, six guys on the defensive line. And right. they really don't have the, the drop back passing game to take advantage of it uh, in big games against good defenses. And that's what's been missing from Kyle Shanahan's offense for yeah. a long time. I yeah. don't think he has a Super Bowl approach to offense. All right, let's move on. So speaking of what the Niners do. So like they're supposed to be the team that draws the defense in with the run game. 
because yeah. the because the the run game is so freaking dominant with Christian McCaffrey and all of it. And then once the defense overcommits, boom, play action over the top. That's like football 101. And if any team in the NFL is built to do that and take advantage of defenses in such a like simple way, it's the 49ers. And yet mm-hmm. they don't. Like they do this less than any other team. Do you have numbers on this? Yeah. So 49ers, um, they have so they're the lowest at both or the highest, however you want to look at it. But the 49ers have a 25% rush rate against light boxes. So six or fewer defenders. Um, they are 25% rush rate against the light boxes, 21% drop back rate against heavy boxes, eight defenders in the box. And mm. 91% of running back runs are coming versus seven plus box defenders. So basically they're running the ball regardless of how many people are in the box. They're not dropping back in those situations. They're not audibling out of it and going deep. Now they might try to play action, play action you against in those situations, but what defenses are doing, what we saw the Eagles do is they just don't care about the play action. They're just coming after the quarterback regardless mm-hmm. because they have so many people in the box. They just have at least one guy just attacking the quarterback regardless, not biting on the play action. And so teams are literally just daring the 49ers to go deep and beat them down the sidelines against the against heavy boxes. And they just yeah. are not. One thing I'll give the Niners credit for, I like a team that can run the ball, especially in the regular season. Yeah. That imposes its will. It says, look, you know, you can stack the box. If we can run the ball against a stack box and you can't really stop it, like this is an easy way for us to win. It's an easy way for us to get through the week and move on. We're going to do it. And I respect that. Like that's how Harbaugh uh, coached. You don't have to score 35 points to win a game. If you want to, if a team can give you the win that way, great. Um, But it just... It just, yeah, it just seems like if you can win the game throwing eight times like you did in the NFC Championship game, great. But if you could also just hit a couple, one or two shots down the field on top of that, like really improve your offense. And that's why I thought you, that's why I thought you got Trey Lance. I thought right. Kyle understood. Like this is the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. You have a quarterback who throws short, just like Brock. And it's not really complimenting your run game. You know, it's like right. it's all very congested, but yeah. you bring in a quarterback who can actually do the play action and then get the ball down the field, down the sideline, because yeah. those are with eight in the box. There's only a, there's only one safety deep. So those are open. Like, I thought that was the whole plan. It's so obvious. Why would you, you know, Jay Cutler could do that. John Elway could do that. Steve Young could do that. We've seen the Shanahan system forever. Kirk Cousins can do that. It's yeah. open for you. But Kyle can't get a quarterback who can do it. He tried to get a quarterback who can do it. He didn't explain to his team what he was doing. And now they're back to like, you know, everything is within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. It's tough. Yeah. And and look at look at the teams that are having success. Look at the Chiefs, right? They're the cream mm-hmm. they're Super Bowl champions. They're the opposite, right? Teams are teams are giving them everything underneath. Teams want them to run, right? They're they're taking away the the, the sidelines and the deep pass. That's why. You know, everyone says, well, Patrick Mahomes was dinking and dunking this year. Yeah, because that's what the defense was giving him. Mm-hmm. The defenses are right. literally giving Kyle Shanahan yeah. and the 49ers the deep shots, and we're not taking it. They're like, no, thanks. We're, we're like, we're going to do this. Any- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that over here. It's frustrating. We do it the hard way over here. And yeah. what happens is when the Niners go up against a team that's well coached on defense, familiar with what they do, and talented, they scored 19 points. That's what they yeah. did against Dallas. Dan Quinn knows Kyle as well as anyone. I mean, he was Kyle's head coach. They game plan together for a couple years. 
They yeah. also have Micah Parsons and some of the most talented players on defense in the league. They have some weaknesses. Niners got him a couple times, but essentially 19 points. That's a win for Dan Quinn. And he's been doing that to Kyle Shanahan. Every time they face each other, it's like 19, 20, 23. It's a win for Dan Quinn. That's what happens when the team knows the Niners has some talent and has a good game plan. I mean, it's no secret how to stop Kyle Shanahan. Just a, lot, a lot of teams don't have the talent to pull it off or the coaching. Some do. And you know what's crazy? The book has been the same for six years on the 49ers. And I saw Matt Mayoka came out saying that he might he like thinks the Niners might become more of a passing team uh, this year because of that. I see your face, man. So do you, do you not agree? No. This is going to be like the year they run the ball, like 2019. Because this is – Kyle's consistent. He doesn't wildly change how he does, how he calls games, how he prepares for seasons. I mean, this is 2019. This is the year where your starting quarterback has no offseason. He's coming off a serious injury. Jimmy was coming off the ACL. Brock coming off the UCL. It's almost the same acronym. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a quarterback who doesn't have the full offseason, but you're still going to play him. I mean, they've made that clear. If he's healthy, he's playing. So what does Kyle do in that situation? He runs the hell out of the ball. And this year he's got Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis Price, uh, Debo Samuel. Like They're totally equipped to do it. They don't need yeah. to pass very much in September to win games. And I, I'm surprised they passed as much as they did last year. They they ran, they ran, passed the ball way too much in Chicago last year. They could be winning games passing 10 times early in the season, and I think they're going to be doing stuff like that. And you know what frustrated the hell out of me? Is that against the Eagles, what they should have done is run the ball. And then they all of a sudden decided not to. <laughs> I understand. That, when Brock Purdy yeah. got hurt, it was second and six at midfield. Yeah. They were down seven. It was the first offensive possession of the game. Now, you could take a shot there, but remember when, when George Kittle was saying that Kyle Shanahan purposely calls runs that don't gain a lot of yards early in the game to set up play so he knows for sure they're going to work? Freaking do that. Right. That's preferable to calling that shot play on the first drive and not really setting it up and not knowing how Hassan Reddick's going to react and having it ruin the game. Because that's what you did. Yeah. That's exactly what you did. Yeah. It's true, man. Because it, it, they scored on that first drive and you, were, you can't play from behind. I'm sorry. As as a fan, man, it's the, it's just been frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah, frustrating too. Let's talk about this run game. So this is how I think the Niners are going to approach the season. Like I just broke down, they're not going to pass very much early. They're going to start Brock Week One, and he's his job is going to be to hand it off. Mm -hmm. He's gonna he's gonna hand off. He's gonna throw screens. I mean, he's not going to throw the ball down the field very much. They're going to build that up slowly, and they think they're going to win. They can win that way, and they know. I mean, they've proven they can win that way. Um, that being said, if Brock's job is to just hand off, they're playing 10 on 11, and they're talented enough to make it work. We've seen it, but it's hard, especially when you know the quarterback is limited or not fully back yet, and the, the, the play caller doesn't trust him to make all the throws, which is I think is going to be what happens early on. So I'm interested to see, like, can the Niners win early on just running the ball against Pittsburgh, a good defense, if they know the quarterback is still compromised? Seems to me if the plan is just run, Run as much as possible. Do what you did in the NFC Championship game four years ago. It might be helpful to have a quarterback who can at least pose a threat of running. Yeah. I'm just saying, if the plan is to hand off all but 10 times in the game, which I think is going to be the plan, 15 times, maybe the quarterback could do more than just hand off. Maybe he could hand off and do a bootleg too. Maybe he could, you know, he could just present a threat. It yeah. might be, I'm just saying, do the Niners have a quarterback like that? I, <laughs> I think they do. I think they do. Yeah, if, if if the 49ers just want to run the ball, 
Trey Lance, if they just want to run the ball, why, why wouldn't you play Trey Lance, right? Because now it's 11 on – you have to at least respect the possibility that Trey Lance may keep the ball and, and run himself. So that's one reason. I mean, I got, I got like five reasons how, or five ways they can improve the running game. But that's definitely one. I mean, that, this isn't a good opportunity. If all you're going to be doing is handing off the ball, then why can't Trey Lance play if, that, if, if you guys are concerned that's what I'm about – yeah. And, and think about the way you're going to be handing off the ball with Brock Purdy. He'll be under center. You'll have Juszczyk in the backfield. And you'll have uh, McCaffrey behind him. The play will start with Juszczyk going in motion to one of the sides, left or right. Brock will get the snap. He'll turn and pitch the ball to McCaffrey, who will have Juszczyk leading the way. And mm-hmm. so the defense will know wherever Juszczyk goes, McCaffrey's going too. And the Niners are talented enough to grind it out and win that way. But with Lance in the game, if they're in the shotgun, defense has no freaking idea who's keeping the ball yeah. even if lance ha- hands it off every single time they yeah. still don't know they still have to honor him keeping it and w- what i saw what he played is every time he was in the shotgun handed it off defense were looking at him yeah him yeah so i think if he would enhance christian mccaffrey's game tremendously jordan mason elijah mitchell um but hey give it a shot with brock but if you get in the games and you realize, man, this is kind of hard. Like, defenses aren't really respecting his arm because it's not really all the way back yet. We're trying to win just running the ball, and it's all congested. Well, yeah, once you make it 11-on-11 11 11 football, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I, I, this wasn't on my list, but I would love to see, like, Elijah Mitchell and CMC in the backfield together, right, split back. Like, you don't know who's getting it, which direction, right? It feels like they almost run opposite every time, right? If Christian McCaffrey's on the right side, they run to the left, and vice versa. So I would like to see both those guys in the backfield together would be another yeah. one of mine. Um, but I got more, man. Like another way, other ways they can enhance their run game would be the running back by committee. I felt like they did yeah. that in 2019, and we haven't seen that yet. Like keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, keep his legs fresh, keep Elijah Mitchell healthy, keep his legs fresh, run Jordan May, like run all three. And then the other one, Jordan Mason, Jordan Mason should be your goal line back. Absolutely should be your goal yeah. line back or your third and short. I mean, One I think, more. like, again, you could be winning these games in September and October without giving Christian McCaffrey more than 15 carries a game. Like, you yeah. give him a lot of touches, throw him the ball, but you don't have to give him 20. There was a game where he's had, like, 30 touches. Like, don't do that early. Um, yeah. But I think the thing with McCaffrey, he had a great year last year, a very good year. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry on the Niners. He's better than that. He should be yeah. averaging five-plus. And when he did, he that was in Carolina. He averaged five yards a carry in 2018 and 4.8 yards per carry in 2019. That's when he was in the shotgun with Cam Newton. And defenses had to split their vision and figure out where the ball was going to go. It's going to enhance his game to play with Chris, to play with Trey Lance. It's going to impl- enhance Trey Lance's game to play with Christian McCaffrey. Haters are mad. Haters are scared. They don't want to see it happen. They don't want to see it. That's why they want Lance off the team right now because they know that Christian McCaffrey makes every quarterback way better. And yeah. Lance is going to make – what's going to happen is Lance plays – and McCaffrey's going to average like five and a half yards a carry. I'm calling it right now. Five yeah. and a half yards a carry. Yeah, because you got to respect Trey Lance as a runner. You have to. You and have that to. doesn't mean you need to run him 13 nope. and a half times per game. Nope. You like, could run him zero quiet. times per game, and yeah. they still have to honor him. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do. Exactly. Run him fr- freaking no times week yeah. one. Yeah. Then maybe one time week two. They don't right. know. Yeah. And then hit him, and then all of a sudden he'll get a breakout run. Uh, because you know he's not he hasn't finally run a lot all of a sudden right every time he pulled it and tried to run defenses were like we have eight guys on you it's like okay well let him hand off a hundred times and then defenses won't right mr blue magic 23 says that's a brand name says brock 
is good, but gets worse as the game goes on. I'm posting a video with stats later. Shout out to Mr. Blue Magic was on the call-in show yesterday on my channel. Good guy. That's Brooklyn. He was in Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. I feel it. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, not in Brooklyn the other. I didn't go to Brooklyn, but I was in Manhattan. There you go. Rod Simmons says, is QC hiring? I could be a stunt devil for Grant when Kid Law type shows up. Oh, man. Call me the dark side Iggy. Yeah, next time a player shows up, I'm going to be like, Rod, take this one for me. Thank you, Rod. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Let's talk one more thing, and then we'll do we'll do training camp, but not yet. I got, I got one more on the run game. Oh, let's talk running game. Okay, go ahead. Trent Williams stopped tipping plays. <laughs> Shout out to Jesse. It's crazy how no one gives him – like, everyone acknowledges that he's doing it. People are just like, oh, well, LOL. <laughs> like, what? I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't do that. You don't get to be good enough individually to do that to your team. When we asked Chris Forrester about it, I was like, is it one of those things where it doesn't really affect Trent Williams, but it affects the rest of the offense? He was like, yeah. And I tried to explain it to him. Like, yeah, that gives you the best chance to beat your guy, but it really puts Mike McGlinchey in a bad position. He yeah. said that on, on the record. And the Trent's like, well, line coach. Yeah. And he, yeah. And the Trent's like, well, I mean, they don't know what runs coming. They don't know what pass is coming. Like, dude, <laughs> it's different. What if it's a play action pass and you're tipping pass? Come on. That's what happened on Brock's injury. I'm not yeah. blaming you for Brock's injury, but I'm not not blaming you for it either, Trent. <laughs> yeah. Also, Trent, like Trent was Trent's a little overhyped at this point in his career. To me, he I don't think he does much in the offseason. He sort of gets himself in shape early in the season. When Trey Lance got hurt week two, that was Trent Williams missed block. Uh then he got hurt the next week with the high ankle sprain. And by about, you know, halfway through the year, he's kicking ass. But like, man, they could use a full season of him, but that's not really him. Misses a couple games. He's up there in age. He's probably trying to. He's definitely trying to pace himself. I'm up there in age too. I'm actually technically older than Trent Williams, and my back hurts randomly, (laughs) like sciatica. Yeah, so I feel it. Yeah, but I, you know, not 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 to totally tear down Trent Williams. I love Trent Williams. It's just he he is tipping plays. There's no question about it. We're not saying he's like bad. Like that's the thing with Trent Williams. Some people say he's like the best left tackle of all time or the best left tackle in the game. I'm like. Well, you know, that's arguable. But if you're in that conversation, like, you can't do stuff like this. Jonathan Ogden didn't tip play. Yeah, like, come on. You're the best. One of the best ever. Respect, Trent. Like, come on. This is beneath you. Tighten it up. Yeah, tighten it up. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. The Niners QB room, they talk about this all the time. They're so proud. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, we don't have a, a starter per se, but we have multiple players who could be starters. And so, okay, let's let's compare. This year, Brock Purdy, off surgery. Trey Lance, off surgery. Sam Darnold, off the best six games of his career. <laughs> Last year, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, off surgery. Trey Lance, not off surgery. Brock Purdy, per- Brock Purdy not off surgery. Who's better? Well, according to the fans that voted on my Twitter, 57% think the quarterback room was better last year with Jimmy and an unknown Brock Purdy and a relatively unknown Trey Lance versus now you got Trey coming off injury, Brock coming off injury with a book on him. And then, you know, I see go Sam Darnold. So 57 to 43, 57 shows 2022. Yeah. He's Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> Yeah, right. I see dead people. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> right. Now, uh, sorry, oh, he said it, not me. Yes. 
Now that could now it could it could end up that Brock Purdy's better in year two, but it, it just with it no could, off season. No off happen. season off a of UCL injury. Sure. And a he could be way him. better this year. It could happen, but it's or and not. He could be now. I think I think we could see a better Trey Lance. I believe that you would see to me. I know people are going to think I'm tripping, but I think there's it's more likely that Trey Lance looks better this year than Brock looks better this year. I would, At least I mean, if, if if training and practice means anything in life, which I think it does. Yes. We've already gotten reports from play, uh, George Kittle and Kyle Shanahan that Trey Lance looks way better. For whatever reason, all the national media just ignores that stuff. But I've seen it too. Like He used to throw the screens and the short throws too hard. We saw yes. it. Like when he was trying to win that job as a rookie, everyone was like, "Man, you really can't throw slants like that. You're, 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 you can't throw shallow crosses like that, man. You gotta, you need a little like it's a wrist flick. Yeah, you haven't seen it yet, but he's got it at least in practice. It is not a big, powerful motion on the short throws. It's a wrist flick. That's a good thing. So if he can show that, I mean, even his biggest critics point to that every time. Like he can't hit the short stuff. He can't hit the easy stuff. Yes, he freaking can. So let's yeah. see what, what he does in uh, training camp and preseason. So, yeah, in regards to two things. So in regards to the short stuff, Trey Lance was five percentage points lower than Brock Purdy on the short passes. Five percent. That's without CMC. That's without George Kittle. You add CMC, you add George Kittle, you add his new mechanics, you add his training and development. I think he's going to hit the short stuff no problem. The second thing, the second reason why Trey Lance could look better this year is because I'm hoping Kyle Shanahan learned and – now that Trey Lance is coming off an ankle injury, that they're not going to just run him 13 and a half times per game. They're going to let him play quarterback. And so that's another reason that we can see an improvement from Trey Lance this year. Also, like, if your offensive line is built to run and you can win games running all but 10, 15 times, like, the short stuff is important, but, like, the short stuff are essentially, those are, like, extended handoffs. That's the way I look at it. The screens, yeah. those are extended handoffs. You're going to beat teams handing off, Okay. How many extended handoffs do you need? A couple. What you need is a quarterback who can get the ball down the field and beat eight in the box. That's what you need. Yeah. You don't need extended handoffs. They got eight in the box. There's no space. You need yes. is a guy. You need a guy who can stretch the field. That's what Trey Lance can do. So I, I'm, I'm surprised that Kyle hasn't called a game like that. Man. Heavy, heavy handoff with play action shots. You, t- you hit yeah. a couple of those and the defense backs off and you don't have. You just run the freaking ball down their throats the rest of the day. End of story. And it, again, small sample size from Trey Lance, but if there's two things I think Trey Lance has shown that he can do well in the small sample size, he's 60% past 30 yards. So he's really, I mean, that's compared to Brock. I think he's like 20% uh, past 30 yards. So Trey Lance is accurate deep. He's shown that he can do that. The intermediate stuff's where he's really struggled, but he has shown that he's talented deep. Uh, the other thing that he does really good is scramble. And his his most effective runs were off the scramble. So just let Trey Lance, uh, you know, hand off, bootleg, attack deep, and scramble. And I think you will have a good year from Trey Lance. So even though Trey Lance is coming off a of surgery, I do think he should be better this year than last year. Um, maybe not as a runner, but, I mean, he wasn't going to be <laughs> making his money in the NFL as a runner anyway. That's a bonus. He'll, I think he'll be better as a passer this year. Uh, Brock Purdy, will he, will he be better this year? I can't see that. Will Sam Darnold be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo this year? I mean, you posted the numbers that Jimmy Garoppolo had with Christian McCaffrey, 71% completions, 245 passing yards a game, like uh, like 2 to 0.5 TD to INT ratio, like which would be like a 4 to 1. 
Yeah. I don't know. Is Sam Darnold going to be doing anything like that? I'm I, 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 So to me, last year's quarterback room was better. It's just, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl, maybe, probably, but you knew, you knew what you got with him. Like, you don't, you knew the team was going to win X amount of games if he had to play because he'd proven it. This year, it's like, yeah. well, you know, Brock could make a full recovery or Trey Lance might stay healthy or, you know, Sam Darnold, like, could have like this renaissance or, or, or it could just all fall apart. Yeah. I mean, say what you want about Jimmy, say what you want about Jimmy, but he could dink and dunk the shit out of the ball. No doubt. (laughs) Yeah. He was the safety net for this team. Yeah. They have no safety net. They're just going across this tightrope and they're being like, man, we've got this. We've done this so many times without falling. Yeah. All right. But are you scared? I don't think Sam Darnold is. That's what's weird about that. They, they grab Sam Darnold. It's and so they have Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, both strong arm talents, guys that can go deep on you. It's kind of weird that they got him because that's not really what Kyle has done, right? The, the, what Kyle has done is built for Jimmy, and maybe he that's why he does it. I don't know. But the quick passes, the short passes, the dink and dunk, Jimmy was way better at that than Sam Darnold is going to be. Sam Darnold's not known for getting the ball out quick and making quick decisions. Well, remember that Kyle never wanted Jimmy. Kyle wanted Kirk and was waiting. Then, then John got Jimmy and was like, eh, what are you saying? Kyle's like, okay. And then it worked. Uh-huh. And then I think the Niners spent like five years trying to put a team around Jimmy that would fit him the best. So all yeah. this yak stuff, the yak bros, that's a function of Jimmy's limitations. They have to be the yak team. They literally yeah. have to be the yak team. And it worked for them to a point. It didn't win a Super Bowl for him. That Kyle tried to update the formula and guys like Kyle Juszczyk and, and the yak bros were like, wait a second. <laughs> this is what yeah. we do. Like, uh-huh. It's not good what? enough. That's the, maybe, so that's the thing. Maybe Kyle doesn't like this dink and dunk shit. Maybe he's just trying to find, right? I he's think signed, Lynch likes Trey Lance, right? Lynch like Jimmy. Lynch likes Brian. Right. Kyle's the one who'd be like, can we give Sam Darnold a try? Can we give Trey Lance a try? Can we wait for Kirk Cousins? Like, that's Kyle. Yeah, right. Can yeah. we get Sam Darnold in here? Like, arm talent? Yeah, so, arm I mean, talent. I, I think I'm and starting what's the to person that got leaked about Sam Darnold this offseason? Great arm. Yeah. Like, it matters. Thought- then you have people being like, hey, arm talent doesn't matter. Uh, to Kyle, it does. Maybe not to right. John. That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of seeing that now. Like, I really kind yeah. of blamed all this on Kyle, but it's really just – I mean, obviously he has blame in it because he's not getting that quarterback that he wants, but he's trying to go after quarterbacks that have serious arm talent. And it's kind of – who his dad won Super Bowls with? Steve Young and John Elway. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Right. And, and they're a run-first team. Like, they got this system. It's all – it's not about the quarterback. Yes, it fucking is. Sorry. Right. It is. <laughs> I appreciate and it. The, I mean, I mean, yeah. and, and the last thing Mike Shanahan did before he got ran out of Denver was draft Jay Cutler, who you say what you want about Jay Cutler. He I had as know. much arm talent as any quarterback of his day. I mean, the release, yeah. the touch, the velocity, the accuracy. He could freaking spin the ball. It wasn't that. I mean, he was just a non-leader, a non-competitor. A, you say what you want, but he could throw. He could throw. So, so to all those fans that come at me crazy all the time about arm talent doesn't matter, tell it to Kyle Shanahan. It matters to the Shanahan's. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> John B says, have you heard the report that Brock's doctor believes he'll be cleared by the fourth week in August? And if that's true, Trey will start week one. I haven't heard that report. Where'd that come from? I haven't heard it. John yeah. B hit us with a, a link. Smack Jones, 919 says, Trey area, if they let him start the season, only an injury will get in his way. I believe the team knows it. That's why they give props to both quarterbacks. I feel like they're built to win early in the season no matter who their quarterback is, as long as Christian McCaffrey's healthy and Mitchell and Mason, like they should be, they should be able to take the, 
NFC Championship game plan from four years ago, you know, give it a little tweak and beat a lot of teams early in the season. I don't know why they don't do that more. They can I do have it. A ten, I have a tinfoil hack conspiracy Please, here for you. Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, I think it's possible that Kyle Shanahan really wants to go with Trey Lance, but Brock Purdy forced his hand. He gave him no choice because he won eight games in a row and the team is behind him. But I think he wants to see what he can get out of this guy that he drafted and spent three first round draft picks for. I, I think that. I do think he felt that he um, handled it wrong last year. He anointed him. He gave him the job. He raised expectations. He said he was better. He said all this stuff. We really have all this confidence in him, and none of it manifested. And I think this year he's thinking, like, just don't say a damn thing. Shut up, yeah. Kyle. Shut up. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Let people think what they want. Let people lower the bar. And if if the bar – because the bar, again, with Trey, it was like, Jimmy, you set the bar so high with the trade. You set the bar so high with the contract that it just opened this guy up to criticism and and, and that he can't live up to. So yeah. lower the freaking bar. Okay, he's in a competition with Sam Darnold. We don't know how we feel about him. And then yeah. if he exceeds those expectations – you're a good coach all of a sudden, Kyle. You know what I mean? Sam you, you Darnold is here. Someone. Sam Arnold, Darnold is here to give Trey somebody to beat in a competition and as an emergency situation. That's why Darnold's here, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Niners daddy. No, Ryan Jennifer Wood says, my rant. I watched Shannon Sharp highlights, and they all had one thing in common. Quarterback had all day to pass. O-line was amazing. We have Kittle, who is very similar in my opinion. Build the O-line. Oh, I would have to agree. Shannon Sharp and Kittle are very similar, kind of mid-sized tight ends, maybe even smaller guys who really fast. I mean, Shannon Sharp is a better receiver than Kittle. Or, or, or he played with freaking John Elway. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with John Elway. Yeah. I don't understand how the Niners put together this crazy good roster, but they keep acting like offensive line is like the least important position on the team. Like <laughs> linebacker is more, more important than offensive line to the 49ers. They feel like the only position that matters is left tackle. Yeah, their, their, their excuse for letting McGlinchey go is we just can't afford another high-priced player at the offensive line. Like, Good for you for not paying McGlinchey, but that's crazy logic. What are you talking about? You have three high-paid players on your D-line and one on your offensive line? What? Yeah. Yeah, the two most important positions on the 49ers are also the biggest question marks, which is your offensive line and your quarterback. And they go hand in hand. Like, if your offensive line isn't good, then your quarterback's going to get hurt. Right. <laughs> or he will be inconsistent. Right. The thing about Brock is his numbers when he had a clean pocket last year were, like, through the off the charts. Like a 130-plus quarterback rating. Right. Well, damn. Like, why don't you work on that? Makes sense. I would think. Uh, no injury to PB. When does uh, Trey play? No injury to BP, I think he meant. Oh, I thought it was peanut butter. P no Paul. injury to Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. I, I don't think Kyle – Kyle doesn't necessarily bench quarterbacks. They just get hurt. Am I wrong? Who did he bench? He hasn't. He hasn't. I don't know. When he benched I, Hoyer, he said he's he's hurt. He, he can't do this anymore. And when he benched Beathard, he's like, look, he's, he's done. He basically well, taps him out. They were close when Jimmy was struggling to pop in Trey in, but he was they injured. They didn't do it. They went to three and five and didn't do it. Kyle's yeah. kind of – he stays the course with the guy he picks, which is, I think, why he wants – why he's putting pressure on Brock Purdy to start week one. I think from Kyle's perspective, like, man, I'm not going to change quarterbacks midstream. I'm, I'm picking a quarterback, and if he starts week one, I'm gonna, I want him to go the whole year. So, yeah. Brock, if you're ready, it's you. If not, it could be Sam freaking Darnold. <laughs> SFD, that's his new acronym. Niners Daddy, thank you very much. One more. Bang, bang. Well, it's not bang, bang, though. You always say it's – I don't know. Bang, babga? I can't put bang bad. 
How many days until we see the video? It's blank 2024 and Trey Lance is still forced to be a 49er. Ooh, it's a good one. You thought of it, not me. You make it. I like it, though. All right, let's move on. This is what we wanted to talk about. Training camp. There's going to be another quarterback competition. Be somewhat of a joke because Brock Purdy won't be uh, involved. Like, the two people competing for the job won't get the job. The one person not competing is going to win the competition. So that's all you need to know about that. But we'll watch it. We'll, we'll... There's other parts, though, of training camp that I like. Namely, the one-on-ones. Mm. Here's how tra- here's how the practice goes. They warm up. They stretch. Then they go to their positions and they like start doing like all the little techniques. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't play football. All the little techniques. Okay, so they do that <laughs> with their position coaches. Then they do one-on-one drills. Yeah. So you'll have offensive line versus defensive line, uh, running backs versus wide re- running backs versus linebackers in you know pass coverage, uh, yeah. wide receivers versus corners, safeties versus tight ends. It's a lot of fun. Those are mm-hmm. my favorite things to watch. The one-on-ones, not because. And you just get a feel for scouting players. Are you better than him? You guys, one-on-one. So which are some of the one-on-one matchups you would be most intrigued to watch if you were there? The one I would be loving to watch is Charvarius Ward versus Brandon Ayuk. I want to see – everyone's talking about nobody can guard, nobody can cover Brandon Ayuk. So I would love to see that. The top corner on the 49ers versus the top receiver on the 49ers. I would love to see that battle. Hopefully we get some – I'm going to be there for at least one day, maybe more. And that's what I'm really going to be keeping an eye on if we get to see it. They don't always like give you the marquee matchups. It's sometimes yeah. it's sort of like the, the what the depth chart dictates. So Ayuk to me is the split. He's the X receiver. He's the guy yeah. who lines up on the line of scrimmage. He's on the left a lot. Uh, he probably will go against Lenore a lot. Yeah. Although I, they'll probably switch it up sometimes, but I think I'm going to see you're going to see Debo against Traverius Ward a little bit more, and that's a tough matchup for Debo. Yeah, I don't here. think Debo is going to. That's I don't know. Ward's that's why I want to see Brandon Ayuk versus yeah. Traverius. Whether we get to see a lot of it or not, I, I want to see, probably see it at least once. At least yeah. once, I would want to see that too. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting watching Isaiah Oliver against Juwan Jennings because Jennings is tough to cover in these. He's big. He's a good route runner, um, yeah. but Isaiah Oliver is big too. He's got length, and I think he's going to give Juwan Jennings problems in ways that. K1 could, or maybe Jimmy Ward could. I had that. All slot receivers versus Isaiah Oliver, and also slot receivers versus Sam Womack. That was on my list as well. Sure. I I mean, I think Womack would have his hands full against Jennings. I think Oliver can handle him, but we'll see. Yeah. I think Isaiah Oliver might have a good season this year. Yeah, I think Um, so too. If he can stay healthy. My my next matchup would be Colton McKivitz versus Bosa or anyone on the D line. I want to see. See, I don't think it's going to be Bosa. I don't think yeah. they're going to do that to poor Colton. I think it's going to be <laughs> Bosa against Trent Williams like three times, yeah. maybe tops, and then they'll stop for the rest of the offseason. And then yeah. I think it's be Colton versus Drake, Drake Jackson. I want to see that. That's going to be interesting. I think yeah. you're see a lot of that. Drake is an athlete, man. And if if Colton McKivitz has problems against Drake Jackson, it's a bad sign for the season. So we're going to see. I mean, look at it. That's one way yeah, to look I mean, at the, it. The other way to look at it is if Drake Jackson has uh, can't beat Colton McKivitz, that's a bad sign for Drake. That's a bad sign for Drake. Yeah. So that's yeah. a very, very telling matchup. But also mm-hmm. the one-on-ones, not necessarily when it comes to offensive line, it's more about what they do as a unit. It seems like true. Right. True. Your one-on-ones don't necessarily remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more about these one-on-ones. You got to remember which which side is at the disadvantage. So right. in the one offensive line, defensive line, O lines at a defense is at a uh, disadvantage because there's never going to be a situation in a game where they're one on one. They're always right. got a guy next to him. Sometimes the offensive tackles get in space, but so that then in O uh, wide receivers corners, the corners are at a disadvantage because there's no safety help, and the yes. and the wide receivers can do like eight moves. Um, same thing for the 
anyone in coverage is at a disadvantage in this in this drill. The offensive line are at a disadvantage. So you got to remember that. So that's why if Drake Jackson can't win, that's a bad sign. Right. Like Colt McKivis could get worked one-on-one by a lot of people, but you put him in a game with people around him and like you could chip and then you help him out. That's what they did with McGlinchey. Right. For years. Because <laughs> he right. was awful in one-on-one. I remember when they drafted Mike McGlinchey, they drafted him in 2018. They spent the ninth pick in the draft on him. I was like, I can't freaking believe this. You were have to run block. They had him one-on-one against Cassius Marshall. I was back before. You were allowed to post it and put it on YouTube. I didn't have a YouTube channel. I was like, I have to build a YouTube channel to, <laughs> to show what's happening to Mike McGlinchey in practice. Cassius yeah. Marsh was destroying this man daily. And it turned out that Cassius Marsh was still was the same Cassius Marsh. It wasn't that good. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, one-on-ones are tough when you're uh, yeah. an offensive lineman. Yeah, and I... I'm talking as a guy who played offensive line. I played nose tackle and right tackle as as when in my youth. Uh, so I can tell you from both sides of the ball, it's definitely hard as an offensive line to block a guy one on one with no help around you, right? But the gaps are humongous, so yeah. it's tough. It's tough to play corner against these best. Like, how do you how do you cover Brandon Ayuk man to man with no safety help and no pass rush and no pass rush? Right, and, and not, not even like really a, a sideline, right? They, they're not really up against a sideline. There's no players around them necessarily. I mean, they have you got space. A sideline. You get, maybe you got a sideline, depending on his, where, where he lines up. Maybe. Yeah. That's tough. That's maybe. why if you if a, if a corner's winning those drills, you're like, okay, this guy's legit. There, okay. There's, there's very few lockdown corners anymore. Like, it, it, it's really tough, it's tough. to, to, it's to tough. lock down a lot. So, yeah, like if – Trevarius Ward gets beaten in this drill. You don't just say, like, well, <laughs> he sucks. Like, no, right. yeah, it's to be expected. But if he wins, if Colby Kivitz is winning, like, Trent Williams never loses in this drill. It's like, okay, right. I get it. Yeah, you're great. You're <laughs> supposed to lose. You, you, you make Nick Bosa look like Nick Nosa. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, another one I got, man, I want to see Feliciano, man. For some reason, something in me, I, I just think he's one of the top tackles or top offensive linemen on this team. I, I, I really do. I think at some point this season he's going to be a starter. And yeah. it, may be, it may be at the one position he's never played. Feliciano has played every position on the line except right tackle. But it won't surprise me if he ends up taking McKivitt's spot at right tackle. I feel like Feliciano is top four maybe on this line. He may be better than Brindell on this line. So uh, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field in my opinion. So I want to watch Feliciano. I agree with that. I feel like a lot of people are talking about um, Jake Brendel as being a real asset to the Niners. He had a good year. He's played one year. He's very small for an offensive lineman. And he does – he's he's there for the outside zone running scheme. Like he can – he's quick enough to do that reach block where you get your – like think about it. Center's here. You got a defensive lineman right to his right. He can get around that guy. It's a quick move. It's hard to do. But – what about when he goes up against a defensive lineman who's like 325 pounds? Right. Right. And the Cowboys got a guy like that. They drafted Ma- Mazzie Smith. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's Mazzie. Mazzie Smith. He's 6'3, 223, uh, 323. And then the the um Eagles drafted Jalen Carter, who's about, you know, he's even bigger. So yeah. when teams start just leaning on Jake Brendel with much bigger talent, more talented defensive tackles, and the Niners pocket starts collapsing. What's going to happen? Well, Feliciano's a lot bigger than him. So I'd yeah. like to see Feliciano, how he does in these. Because I never thought Brendel was that good. Brendel isn't that good in the one-on-ones. He's a good run blocker in the outside zone scheme. It's very specific. But right. what happens you know, the other, on the other plays? Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Do um, you have another one? I got a, I got a couple. Yeah, I got another one. Um, yeah. I want to see uh, Javon Hargrave against Aaron Banks. 
Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see that because I, I feel like Aaron Banks is going to be – Hargrave is going to give him the business every yeah. day. I think it's going to be bad. And nothing against Banks. Banks is a good player. I wanna, he could be. He's, he's ascending, but this is going to be humbling. I think Hargrave is probably unstoppable in this drill. I'm expecting unstoppable from Hargrave. So I, low to the ground, so technically yeah. proficient, so freaking strong. Like, good luck, Banks. Put the, I can forward to that. Another one I got is uh, Cameron Latu versus Jair Brown. Battle of the rookies. Thank you. Tied, tied him versus one. safety. I like that one. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be what Latu one. can do, man. I hope, he's, I, hope, I hope they didn't reach on this guy, man, because the 49ers yeah. need a talented tight end, too. I have a th- I have prediction that Latu is going to be terrible in this drill. I could be wrong. My prediction is that he's going to be a guy who is useful as a blocker and after the catch, if you can get him open yeah, um, on play action, which Kyle can do. Uh, but in this one-on-one where it's just like, hey, there's a guy man-to-man, pretend his third and seven, beat him with a move, like, mm, Jair Brown? I don't think so, man. What I want to see is Braden Willis. I want to see – I feel like Braden Willis – he should dominate this drill. And not only that, he has to. If he can't dominate this drill, I don't know that he's going to make it in the NFL because he's not like an overwhelming blocker. He's probably not even like a full-on inline tight end, someone you could put on the on the line. He's like a H-back, full-back, hybrid type, Ben's Garonic type. So if that's who you are, then you need to be able to like annihilate linebackers and safeties in man-to-man coverage. Like Dwelly can Dwelly doesn't lose. Dwelly does not lose in this drill. He runs a 5-1 40-yard dash. He rumbles up the field. It looks like he's moving in slow motion. He gives this little head fake, and he always gets the guy off balance. He's 6-5. He makes a contested catch. Boom. Does two for two, three for three every freaking day. And that's whose yeah. job you're taking, Braden. Otherwise, you'll go to the practice squad. You're like the one of the last the 20 last picks in the draft. No one will pick you up. So I want to see Braden. I think he could be really good in this drill. Yeah, I think it's good. I the other ones I got are kind of just general, man. Like I want to see Trey Lance versus Fred Warner in the defense. I, I want to see what he can do. That's obviously a big one, right? Um, I, I want to see Sam Darnold versus Ghosts, right? I want to see how he looks against the defense, right? <laughs> against Sam Darnold versus Casper, the friendly ghost. I want to see that matchup. <laughs> I want to see how it goes, man. Because <laughs> that's another one. Uh, I heard Casper has his number, man. Casper's been watching him. <laughs> He's been he's watching the film. As the film. He's got a book on him. So um, that means when Sam Darnold's on the field, it's like 13 versus 11, right? He's just seeing people. He's <laughs> got Casper. extra players out there. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Sam. I see that coming. Sorry, Sam. But Sorry, you Sam. said it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the last one for me. Do you have another one? Because I'll give you the last one that I think. I want to see Spencer Burford versus Eric Armstead. Like, yeah. Spencer Burford has a lot of potential. He's a little small for a guard. I think he's the guy of the second year guys who's probably made the biggest leap and it's going to be the most improved um now prove it against eric armstead man like yeah eric armstead is a whew, he's one of the more powerful defensive tackles in the league he doesn't always finish the play with a sack but yeah man he can put you on skates like he can make you look like a little kid and he does it all the time so i want to see if spencer burford can hold his own and anchor against eric armstead like that's a very good sign and if he gets punked by eric armstead it's not necessarily the end of the world because a lot of people do Arm says, I feel good. like I feel like that Armstead could be a huge difference maker for the 49ers this year. I know they moved him inside after he got paid, but he had 10 sacks before he got paid the year on his contract year. After that, he's had less than 10 combined for the last three years. 
if he can be effective, and he might be with Hargrave there and Bosa, but if Armstead can have the best season of his life, this defense could be crazy good. It really yep. could. I would agree. Yeah. He needs to stay healthy. He basically didn't get healthy until the playoffs last year, but he was a factor in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Last one. Excited to watch, eager to watch McCaffrey for the first time in training mm-hmm. camp one-on-ones. This dude does not mess around. I saw him in minicamp. He doesn't take days off. He'll be there. He'll yeah. be there every freaking day. And this Niners defense is very proud. They think they're better than the Niners offense. They think that they can shut him down. Okay, who can, who can cover this man? Who's yeah. going to do it? Who's going to step up? And who even wants to do it? Because there's fans there. There's media there. Who wants the matchup? Fred, are you going to step up? Or are yeah. you going to let Dre Greenlaw take it? I want to know. I'm curious yeah. to see because I feel like no one can stop this man man-to-man. I want to see that. Yeah, it's just fun to watch, right? I don't I don't expect many people to. I mean, Fred Warner is a good matchup with CMC. He's best. It's honestly like one of the best running backs or the best linebacker in the NFL. So that would be fun to watch. Um, I got one I mean, more. The, man. Those linebackers can't cover Yusek in this drill, to be honest. So I want to see how they do against. And if, if you've been there, drill. you know I'm right. It's yeah. true. Yusek just dices them up. Yusek is tougher to cover in this drill than freaking Kittle. Because, again, Kittle, you never hear Kyle Shanahan praise George, uh, George Kittle's uh, route running. He'll say, like, yeah. oh, he's working on it. He's a yak guy. He's a yeah. yak guy. It's not his drill. I got one for you, man. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan versus himself. Ooh! That, that's the, that's that's the like one the story I want of the Niners every year. I want to see it. I Kyle versus see Kyle. I want him to make seven. the right decision with the quarterbacks, like through training camp, right? If, if you feel like Trey Lance is the guy, then don't don't split reps 50-50 with Sam Darnold. Like give it to Trey Lance. Let let him let him get his reps in. That's one thing. And then also, if you if if you're pushing Brock Purdy to be ready week one and he's not, you need to not do that, man. Like don't force Brock Purdy out there before he's ready. Don't rush him back. So I want to, it's Kyle Shanahan versus himself is a matchup I'm looking yep. forward to seeing. I like that. That's a good way to end it. All right, let's go to uh New York. So New York. I was there. I was there last week. Um, was in Miami earlier in the year. Was looking for a place to chill out and just recharge before a long season. Spent yeah. three days in Manhattan. Spent five nights in a place called Shelter Island, mm-hmm. which is like in the Hamptons, which is a place I don't really know about. And they're all different. Like they're all different level of bougie. Yeah, like you don't understand how bougie it can get. I was on the lower spectrum of the bougie, but it was still <laughs> quite bougie. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. What do you, you were there re- recently, right? Like, what do you like about New York? Yeah, my wife and I went there for our anniversary in September. And, you know, I grew up in the, you know, 79. I grew up in off 90s rap, big Tupac guy. Uh, and, I, you know, I grew up in the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. So I always had this, you know, my younger days. I kind of like rode off New York. Like, it's not as good as the West Coast and all right. this stuff. Obviously, yeah. I matured over time. And, you know, we're finally in a position now where my wife and I can travel, right? And so we went there in September. And, man, I feel like I've been missing out my whole life. Like, I feel like that's the center of the world. And I'm just missing out, man. Like, I loved it. The energy feels like so much opportunity there. I feel like like when I look, we went and walked around NYU. And I'm like, Hmm. how freaking cool would it have been to go to school? To go there. At yeah. NYU, man. Yeah. They don't really have like a campus, but like the campus is the West Village, which is yeah. might be my favorite place to walk around in New right. York. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. We loved it. We all these different the best food in the world is I, I freaking love New York, man. If, yeah. 
The if I had unlimited great. amounts of money, I would buy a place there and just like, you know, rent it out when I'm not there, but spend at least three months a year in New York. My biggest gripe with New York food is that they can't get Mexican food right. I don't understand that. And I'm like, I can't live somewhere where you can't eat good Mexican food at least once a week. Like, I, I love Mexican food. And they just, like, they don't even understand about putting freaking foil around the burrito. Like, what are you doing? How is it yeah. that hard? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Did you go to number everything else like Italian food, French food, pizza, street food, halal, the hot dogs, like oh, unreal. Yeah, so good. And Italian food. We went to Little Italy uh, and just ate authentic Italian food. And oh my god, we went on that street. You know, remember the Godfather scene where he's like walking around the top of the buildings Mm -hmm. and about to assassinate? uh, Yep, whatever his name. We ate right on that street. It was just amazing. That's tight. Yeah. One thing I liked about it is like you were mentioning the music. I always so like we're Californians and I always expect you go over there, you're gonna start hearing, I don't know, whatever East Coast rap is trendy now or the old school stuff. When I was there, all I heard in like lounges and bars when I went out were like Afrobeats and in particular Burna Boy, who I really like. And so I tweeted, you know, all I hear in New York is Burna Boy, you gotta respect it. It got retweeted like 200 times by Burna Boy fans. They were wow. like, Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he had like a a big concert at City Field in Queens on when I was there, but I didn't go to it. But I wanted to. Did you Did you go to number numero? What is it called? Numero uno tacos. Number one tacos. Did you go to that place? No. no. That was the best Mexican food we could find. The tacos. Yeah, I just. I don't even good. try. I don't even yeah. try. Just give up, huh? Like, yeah. You guys know. Did you do? Um, you. How many times have you been to New York? You've been there a lot, right? A lot of times. My dad grew up there, and what happened was, we used to go out to Brooklyn like every couple of years, just to see my grandma um but then she passed away and like the, the the brooklyn side of the family got old and passed away and my brother moved out to manhattan when i was in middle school so all of a sudden the trips were to manhattan which were a lot more exciting <laughs> nothing against flatbush where my dad grew up but it was like we would just go to the playground and play punch ball um now we're going to manhattan used to do that a lot yeah and so um now it's like going back and doing the little Walks that I used to do as a kid. I like just going to Manhattan and walking as far as you can. You end up walking like ten hours, like ten miles a day, and it doesn't even feel yeah. like it. Although yeah. I'm so old now that like my left knee just gets really tight, and by the end I can't fully yeah. extend my left leg, and I'm just limping around the city, and people think that I'm I don't know what they think, but I'm insecure. So I want to I want to go back, man, because I've been one time, and we try to squeeze everything in in like six days, and uh, there's so much to see and do there that I feel like I, I now I want to like go even further out. Um, you know, go to all the other boroughs. You know, I went to Brooklyn, but that was pretty much it. I want to, I want to see everything. I want to go to Queens, like Harlem. I want to explore all of that. Uh, One thing I will say is that you have this notion. If you're never from there, that New Yorkers are rude. And to me, it couldn't, it was not, there couldn't be anything like they were cool as hell to me. Like that. Yeah. They're honest and they're direct, but I love that. But to me, it, it, I love. I don't think it's a, it depends on your definition of rude because I feel like a lot of Californians are rude as hell, and they can be rude when they say, "Hey, have a great day. How you doing?" Like they hey. can be so passive aggressive in a transparent way that I consider it rude. Like you're not really right. being nice right now, even though the words coming out of your mouth, if transcribed, would seem nice. You're being a jerk. Whereas right. New Yorkers can say something that's that like if you wrote it down would seem rude, but really, they're that's just how they talk. They curse a well, lot. Well, here's the thing: it, it, to me, it feels it feels more authentic. It feels more like family. Right? Yeah, How does your does. family talk to you? Your family talks okay. to you directly, right? Right, And not yes. fake and phony. And that's how New Yorkers talk to you. And to me, that felt like more welcoming, honestly. 
And that's because in New York, everyone's so close together. You have to share so much space all the time uh, on the street, in the subway, that like you are kind of like family. As yeah. opposed to say California, where everything is about putting as much distance between you and strangers as you possibly can at all time. I'm in my house. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in my car. Don't freaking talk to me. Don't come. I, I'm locking my windows. I'm going from my car to another place. I'm in a parking lot. Like anytime Californians get uh, approached by a stranger, they're like, ah, <laughs> right. what? Right. Right. Yeah. Like New York people are just expected. I like that about New York. The, the, also, the one thing that, everyone the, smells bad in New York. It's hot. <laughs> it's humid. You yeah. can't be like that. You're not, no one's better than anyone. Everyone's a little smelly. Everyone's a little sweaty. It kind of feel like yeah. it grounds everyone. And it, it, I don't know. You know what I mean? As someone who went to school in LA, like it's not like that in LA. Everyone thinks that they're the most the, special person of all time. The, the two things I did not like about New York is I learned, I learned quickly. Don't walk up. Don't walk over the sewer vapor. The vapor that's coming out of the sewers, don't don't walk near that shit because it's it's awful. Like you're smelling like sewer vapor. I don't know what it is, but it's awful. It's the subway. I think it's yeah. the, the the whole place kind of smells like a mixture of the subway and garbage because yeah. there's so many people that they don't have enough garbage cans to put all the garbage in. It's just, they just piled put up the, the garbage street. on the sidewalks every night, stacks it, and then they come pick it up. But it was actually cleaner than I thought. Like people said, it's dirty. It wasn't dirty to me. Um, the no, other thing I mean, I, like San Francisco is dirtier in parts than, than yeah. that. Like, it's actually considering all the people that are there, they do a very efficient job of making it all work. Seems dirtier than New York to me, no it doubt. Does. I mean, yeah. San Francisco smells like a toilet sometimes. No offense when you get yeah. in off the, off, it's like, man, New York's got a different smell. Um, what else about New York? The, uh, here's the other thing I didn't like, Grant. Just walking down the street, sunny day, and all of a sudden you feel wet drops rain fall on you. Like, what yeah. the hell was that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you what that was. I was there. It was like raining. It, it was better weather here, I think, than when I went. I went to New York to get away and, and to sort of be on the beach. Anyway, Manhattan's a lot of fun. Um, then we went to the Hamptons, which I don't know What's much about. Like? But it's interesting. So, like, there's the north side and the south side. The south side is where the white party was: Bridgehampton, Southampton, East Hampton. It's like, it's nice, but it's also like it's where people go to be around celebrities and be like oh i saw tom brady it's like not my thing you know i I see celebrities all the time and my whole attitude is like do you know who i am so i I don't want to do that (laughs) um i went to a place called shelter island which is sort of in between the north side is where they make a lot of the wine they have like a wine industry out there which is kind of interesting and it's getting better and they just have like smaller kind of sleepier towns it's kind of like the difference between sonoma and napa if you know what i'm talking about yeah like similar but there's just fewer people in Sonoma. It's uh, the people that are there are usually locals. They people in Napa are just there for it's a scene. Mm-hmm. South the South Hampton is like the scene. So I was in this little island. It was very quiet. You had to take a ferry on and off of it, which was pretty cool. Never yeah. did anything like that. It, it looks relaxed. Beach, man. Was Chilling that a beach. bay or a lake that was behind you? I think they called it a sound. It's like a river. It's okay. like a river. Yeah. It, it so, looked calm. Not, not really high. Yeah. Not really like high uh, waves, but. Very strong riptide, and if you try to swim out there, it would just take you away. So I didn't. Yeah, man. There's so much. There's so much to see, like out there in the world. Like, I, I, I honestly, man, I, I. One thing I don't mind spending money on, even if I can't afford it, is travel. I, I yeah. never regret it. Like, even if it's yeah. more expensive than I wanted to spend, I never regret it. And I think everyone should just travel as much as possible because you learn so much about the world, you know, the country, yourself. 
And, it, it, you know, th that's what really matters at the end of the day, you know, not buying all these expensive like cars and clothes. It's those memories and experiences. So everyone should travel as much as they can. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about being a sports writer, too, is like the, yeah. the little tour of the country you get every year. Now, yeah. it limits me to like the football cities. There's right. some, certain cities I can't go to. Like I want to go to Memphis and it's not a football city. But, um, you know, New York comes around on the schedule every few years. Pittsburgh's on this. Pittsburgh's a fun city. So all those things are kind of fun. But like going to a place like Shelter Island, it's like who the hell would ever freaking go there? I have a friend I grew up with who is like who like sells real estate out there and just bought a house and renovated it. It's like he's like the he's like the king of Shelter Island. So he showed wow. me around. It was really fun. It was really, yeah. really, really fun. I, I'm like the ambassador now. Go check it out. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. definitely definitely yeah. i haven't seen shit on the east coast outside of that one trip to new york so i'm looking forward to going back it's interesting to see how those like upper class new yorkers um vacation there's the hamptons and then even beyond that if you take ferries to like connecticut and massachusetts they have martha's vineyard you know about this like i, I feel yeah. like most west coasters don't really know about martha's vineyard but it's kind of similar to the hampton it's like way out there it's like a summer vacation spot i've heard about it yeah for then the bougiest of the bougie one of the bougie spots in Manhattan was Billionaire Row. Like I walked through there, I'm like, "Holy, this is amazing!" Did yeah. you? You've been to Billionaire Row? No, I, imagine. I have not. Where's Billionaire Row? It's right off like the the north. I, I don't want to act like an expert, but I know it's on the east side of the park, Central Park. It's right okay. there. There's like a strip of. It's like oh. the richest part of Manhattan. I can and, imagine just penthouse after penthouse after penthouse. Yeah, yeah, and just like that's right. Uh, yeah, it's like if you were a billionaire, where would you want to live in Manhattan? Like probably right over Central Park. Yeah. So, be so awesome. Pretty yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, Niners Daddy, we got you. Bang, bang. How many? Nope, got you. When's the next cone phone? I had one on Sunday, which was... No, I didn't. I had one before I left. That's a good question. This weekend, Saturday. It's usually a Saturday. Mui says, my one-on-one -on -one, Niners versus Niners, toughest schedule this regime has had. I think there's less room for error this year. I have a gut feeling the attitude around Lance will go from lukewarm to save our... Asses. Arse. Arse. I can see that too. Toughest schedule this regime has had. I agree. It's just you're back for a week. Now go across the country. Back for a week. Catch your breath. Now go across the country. Again, I'm tired thinking about it. And that. it seems like the middle is the toughest part this year. So if the yeah. Niners start slow and then they got the middle part of that schedule so tough, that's going to be it's going to be interesting, man. They got to start fast this year, I feel like. Got to start fast. If the Niners don't start trade this season and bury him, do you think the Niners, the NFL, should hold our organization accountable for hurting this young man's career? <laughs> I mean, the NFL doesn't do that, but I think Ryan and I are trying to do that because it's, it's malpractice what they're doing. It's, un, it's not right. And there is a victim here. The young man who hasn't been given a chance has been broken. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. We'll see how it plays so out this year. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Thank you, WS. Yeah. Um, that's the show. Hour and 10. It's a good show. Maybe the best show we've ever done. I don't know. What do you think? Of all time. Maybe of all time. When I go to training camp, can I get a grant signature? Man, that's... No. No. I'm not... No. Can we just take a picture instead? Like, I'm... It makes me feel weird when people ask me... Not that people ever ask me that, but, like, I'm not a celebrity. So, no. I'm not giving you a signature, but can we just take a picture instead? That seems more... Less formal? I don't know. It makes me feel like a dork to like actually write my name on a paper for someone. Are you kidding? Somebody somebody called me to get a mortgage loan, mm -hmm. and they said because they saw me on your show, and they're like, "I was gonna go to someone else, but I'm gonna give it to you because of 
your celebrity status. And I said, what, dude? I have like 3,600 followers on YouTube, bro. <laughs> like, I'm not. A I told my wife and she was laughing her ass off. Yeah. She liked but it, though. This she liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Got to work that celebrity status. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, I'll be yeah. back eventually. Ryan, what are you doing? Come, come subscribe to the channel, man. I got some good stuff going on. That's all. I'm That's saying. always a good choice. Just yeah. subscribe and, and just, yeah. you'll see. You'll see what's up. See you guys. You'll see what's up.